Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Technology and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, uh, Phil Smith, and my uh, normal sparring partner, Andrew Muck. It is away on business this week, so as a guest, I have uh, Head of Institutional Sales, David Scribble, with me. David, how are you? Very well indeed, and a pleasure to be with you, Phil. And lucky for our dear leader, because he's in sunny Cape Town. But anyway, let's have a look, if I may... As we've done together, I tend to look at uh, the American markets and tech and have a few comments on that. So very quickly on interest rates, uh, the Fed cemented pivot, um, but emphasized that it was data dependent. And the market, which at that time had odds of a 50% cut in March, moved down to about 30%. Now, one Fed concern is there could be an upward revision to the CPI report due out later this month. And that could reverse recent improvement. Now, likewise, of course, today we saw the BOE um, holding rates at 5.2%. And in many ways, the same wait and see on data before we can get some clarity on cut. So I guess the bottom line, it's a bit like an interest rate elevator up, but stairs down. Um, and that seems to be the outcome. Now, in the stock market, well, I mean, Phil, when I look back to when we last spoke on the podcast, it was, and looking at tech, we were generally sideways to town in the summer. But, you know, since October, as you know, tech has rallied incredibly strongly. Now, with me, with me back here talking to you, the Magnificent Seven lost 300 billion in value in the first hour of trading yesterday. Is this ominous? And we'll come back to this later. So looking at the ETS, which I like to do is get a broad sense of sentiment. Uh, the e-commerce needs to break resistance at 15 to challenge the all-time high. Clean energy has rolled over following a recovery off the October lows. And in, those, in that sector, solar module prices have halved in 2023 and hit a record low of 0.113 per watt this month leaving the largest manufacturers selling at cost or even at a loss. Now, wafer prices have dropped 15% since November, while the price of polysilicon, a key raw material, is virtually unchanged. So these Chinese module makers like Trino and JA Solar, those share prices are under substantial pressure. Now, the SOX has made a new all-time high. Um, after the close um, in the States, Qualcomm reported um, and met analysts' expectations. The company, however, highlighted that chip inventory remains elevated with some customers, but guidance for Q2 is in line. And in that current report, it was welcome news that handset revenue was up 16% versus a 27% decline in previous months. Now, AI has been very, very topical, and it's in an uptrend on the ETFs and looking to challenge all-time highs. But... When we look at some of the results, now Microsoft was weaker post results, which topped estimates, but investors have been really bidding up the shares, um, betting that the AI bonanza would quickly fuel results. Now investors could really see in reality the strength of generative AI's, generative AI's contribution, and as zero sales growth was an encouraging sign of stabilizing cloud revenue, and points to recovery in the next few months. But Phil, I think you could kindly, you may like to kindly add well, to that. Well, yeah, I will. I mean, Microsoft topped a uh, market cap of three trillion, I think, uh, which is clearly larger than UK GDP. Uh, but the shares have had a terrific run um, and will be an awful lot of fun portfolios, uh, you know, over the last the last few months. 
And, and there were, I think what was quite eye-catching in Microsoft, this is all about the scale of investment going into AI and what is it actually yielding uh, in terms of returns. Now, it's a very early days for looking at, the, at what it's yielding, but Microsoft, I mean, firstly, it what a company, the revenue was up by 18%. This was in the quarter end of December, and U.S. companies are reporting at the moment their, their fourth quarter, but overall revenue was up 20%. Um, but, you know, with, within that, what we were looking at was, you know, some results from uh, Microsoft Azure, which is um, their cloud services platform, um, and they were up very, very strongly. And what, um, and what Microsoft has said is that there are now 53,000 Azure AI customers already, a third of whom were new to the service in the past 12 months. This is according to the CEO. Now, what we've also got to remember is that with AI, uh, it clearly does, you know, for providers like Microsoft, involve heavy expenditure. Um, you know, and particularly, it's, it's not just on their software systems, but also um, in terms of data center and operations. Uh, and the company has said that their uh, capital expenditure budget grew by 300 million uh, from the previous quarter to 11.5 billion, and it's on track to spend 46 billion in terms of capex this year. Um, and again, the CEO says, we've, uh, we've moved from talking about AI to applying AI at scale, and you are, are not kidding. Um, and their operation expenditure is expected to increase materially as well. So yes, the shares came off a bit, but then they've had a fantastic run. Uh, but Microsoft already starting to see some returns from its AI investments, but it's being watched, as David says, very, very closely. Indeed. I mean, just continuing with the theme, indications for a big boost from AI in results from companies like Taiwan Semi and AMSL, which have already reported, encouraged consensus estimates to rise for TSMC 3% and ASMI 1%, validating this investor buying momentum. But with a few other reporting companies, the outlook for PCs recovery seems to be slower than expected. Data centers flattish. And decline in gaming for AMD, for example, and Intel guided for a soft March quarter uh, on seasonal weakness in core products across PC data center, networking, and edge, and an inventory correction in non-core products, which undermined investor confidence. Now, finally, in the ETF overview, battery value chain is in a downtrend. This comes from weaker contributions from auto stocks. Tesla recently reported softer than expected earnings for the sixth straight quarter. And I can see that in October 22, analysts were looking at profits of 28 billion in for 2024 before the price discounting started. Now they expect 11 billion, but today's stock price is circa the same as it was in October 22. Anyways, back to this, is it ominous? Bottom line is, I stick my neck out, I think not. A tech correction is healthy, and 50 points of those 79 on the S&P 500 was more to do with Fed and Powell in the sell-off. And in AI, I noted a report out um, yesterday from Deloitte. They expect global AI enterprise spending will surge 30% in 2024 from 16 billion in 2023. And their report predicts that almost all enterprise software companies will integrate generative AI in at least some offerings by the end of 2024. 
There we go, David. Something that we'll continue to report on. So watch this space. Very, very important for tech is uh, developments in AI. Now, coming a bit closer to home and and uh, UK company results and trading updates the, uh, this week. Uh, ITM Power, um, so the ticker is ITM, uh, 295 million market cap. Uh, and this company is developing electrolyzer technology and that converts uh, electricity and water, of course, into hydrogen. Um, and uh, you know, very important renewable energy space. Uh, ITM shares have not had a good time. Um, but they've reported their half-year revenue, bear in mind the market cap £295 million, pounds. the revenue was £8.9 million, and their loss of £21 million pounds for the half-year period, but that was that was down from £54 million in the prior period. Now, you've got to remember they're spend, investing very, very heavily here on, on new technology. Uh, they closed cash at the end of the half with £254 million pounds of cash uh, as a market cap of 295 million um but what was quite you know it's very important what they were saying ahead now clearly they've been burning cash they've had to restructure operations during the during the period they've uh, reduced in fact they've said to the end of uh, the full year 23 they've reduced their headcount by 30 percent uh, they've also uh, sold a 50 percent share in a joint venture that's freed up 28 million pounds of capital um, they've been looking at their product portfolio and they've reduced the number of variants of products by 75%. Um, and what it's all leading to is that they've improved their um, guidance. So their full-year revenue guidance um, of 10 to 18 million, that's unchanged. But I think what they said is that they've narrowed their EBITDA loss guidance, expecting a loss of 45 to 50 million, um, improved on 45 to 55 million um previously so a lot of action being taken trying to conserve the cash but meantime you know roll out uh, roll out the product and their end cash is expected uh, this year to be 200 million to 220 million at the end of the year uh, a material improvement on their product that's 175 million to 200 million so uh, with that uh, the shares got a positive reaction so that was itm power uh, and then electrolyzers and hydrogen uh, particularly green hydrogen. Now, sticking with uh, the energy transmission um, and grid storage, battery storage, uh, we saw a report from Gresham House Energy Storage Fund this morning. That was a trading update. Now, Gresham House has a big portfolio uh, of batteries in the grid, uh, providing energy. Now, as we, we've talked about repeatedly on this podcast, of course, energy storage is very important energy transition in the grid because renewables are intermittent by you know wind and solar generation and you need uh, storage to keep the grid stable um, but also you need storage you know, at times where there are shortages of energy in particular in like winter periods where there's higher demand um, but uh, what's been noticeable throughout this year and something that Andrew and I have commented on is the nature of the UK market for battery storage is in the US you have like you can get long called PPAs, power purchase agreements, and these are over years. So if you're a battery supplier in the US, um, you know, supplying to, to, a, to a utility in the state, you've got a very long-term offtake at a fixed price for your energy. That's so you can measure your return on your investment. However, in the US, it's more, in the UK, it's more of a spot market. Um, and the actual, you know, movement of electricity around the grid is called, is um, it's an actual grid that run that, the ESO it's called, the Energy Systems uh, operator and what Gresham uh, have said, and something again, Andrew and I have talked about in the podcast. Andrew highlighted the risks in the UK grid on the way that it works. 
is that um, battery resources have been have been skipped. These are called skip rates. So when they're trying, the grid is trying to balance the supply, it's been using gas instead of battery. Now the grid is committed to um, you know reduce reduce carbon by 2035. I think is its um, is its goal. Yes, decarbonise electricity system by 2035. So 11 years time, but that's their goal. Um, but right now, what they're doing is they're using gas, uh, been using gas instead. So, uh, and also a lot of the battery resource in the UK has gone into uh, what's called frequency response. Um, and there's a lot of overcapacity in that market. Now, things are changing. Um, and it's very interesting to see what is changing. Now, we've talked a lot about infinity and um, long duration storage. So, rather than providing you know, battery input over minutes, which is what lithium ion does, is you know, it's providing over hours to replace gas, uh, long duration energy storage for so four hours plus. Now, Infinity has an advantage in its flow battery technology and it can do that uh, versus lithium. Um, and what we're also seeing also was the comment um, in the Gresham statement about a move to merchant model to run the frequency, uh, responding to frequency in the merchant model is where you're buying in energy off the grid and reselling it within the same day. So multi-cycling. Uh, but that multi-cycling, again, suits flow battery um, storage. So we're seeing, I think what we're seeing here is probably a cyclical low in this market, whereby there's a, a, a lot of gas available, but also the grid, the energy systems operator, is trying to adapt all of this new battery storage being on the market and how it's optimised into the grid, and this move to long-duration energy storage. So... You know, sort of in, in summary on this situation, ultimately, you know, what we think is this does play very much into the favour of, of of companies like Infinity, where the focus is on long durational energy storage, the focus is on the merchant type of model, and a lot of multi-cycling uh, intraday battery supply, which again suits Infinity. Now, um, clearly they've been working with the UK government on looking at load airs, and also the UK government's changing its model as well, looking to, and they're looking at a cap. Um, was it cap and, and, and base model for pricing? So at least uh, providers can have some certainty, but that's under consultation as well. So that's all very, very helpful. But we'll just remind investors, you know, people that hold Infinity as well, that it's very active in the US market. Um, you know, and it already has, um, it's, it's got major projects uh, under review that we've, we've highlighted uh, in the States um, with the US Department of Energy of 84 megawatts of, of VSB being looked at. Um, okay, so that, that is that, and then just moving off the renewables market onto um, Microlyze, which is in software. So the uh, 145 million market cap, um, uh, the ticket for this is SAAS. Uh, they had a trading update for their full year. Uh, Microlyze provide uh, software as a service into the transport energy. Uh, their software is used for fleet management. Um, it's used for things like, you know, Driver performance, fleet tracking, fleet utilization, um, safety, multi-camera vehicle systems, everything you need in terms of managing uh, your transportation systems. Now, in January 22, these shares fell uh, on a profits warning, um, and at the time, it was due to problems with sourcing technology in, and uh, particularly the global microchip uh, shortage at that time, uh, and their share price fell fairly significantly. Now, it fell, just looking from 205p in January 22 to 93p in December 23. The shares are now 
125p, up from 93p in December. Why is that? Well, let's look at this trading update that they put out. They said that they are expecting full-year revenues, the year ending December, um, up by 13% to send £2 million. Pounds. That's 13% up. Uh, within that, organic revenue growth of 12%. So strong organic revenue growth there. Um, EBITDA of £9.4 million, pounds, a margin of 40%. Um, and high cash conversion. They've got net cash of £16.8 million. Pounds. Um, and they've announced three acquisitions during a period of £10.7 million. Pounds. So it all seems to be going well and improving for Microlize. Um, also, this week reported was uh, .digital. Uh, ticket is DOTD, uh, Food and Mini Market Cap. They had a trading update for six months of December. Um, they're a SaaS provider of uh, what they describe as all-in-one customer experience and uh, data platform. Um, basically, there's a very sophisticated marketing, um, and it's all about uh, tailor-made uh, marketing on e-commerce, and particularly like tailor-made email systems, um, so that you are uh, correctly targeted. Uh, unlike uh, I have been from time to time, products don't mean a damn thing. And you're thinking, why am I getting this? Well. Um, Dot Digital works with its clients to make sure that you do get the right targeting uh, of, of, of advertising marketing material. Uh, the revenue in line with market expectations for a full year and a half, uh, up by 15% to £38.7 million. Organic uh, revenue within that uh, 15% is organic revenue is up by 11%. So that's very, very good. Uh, recurring revenues up by 8% to £13 million within that £38.7 million. Cash balance of £37.1 million. Pounds. Um, so that's against a market cap of £200 million. So that looks, yeah, so that's a very interesting one to look at. That's Dot uh, Digital. Um, one that uh, Andrew and I again have talked about in the podcast. And in fact, it was on my little list of potential picks of our year. We ended up with Volex of my pick of the year, but uh, is Oxford Metrics. Um, and Oxford Metrics have uh, tickers OMG, I think, from memory, uh, specializes in motion capture technology. Um, and that type of technology is used in, I mean, basically, it's very, very smart vision systems for tracking movement. So motion capture is used for tracking movement of human beings. So, for instance, you know, with, with in, in hospitals for looking at patients and their gait and how they move and their mobility, uh, but also very much in the entertainment industry where you record movements of a human, you digitize that, and you can repeat that in images. So this was first used in the Gladiator film, their technology, where you saw the Colosseum, and they just have a section of probably 50 people moving, and they replicated it to look like the whole Colosseum was full using their digital technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the, yeah, it was used on the Titanic as well. Um, but uh, and, and their vision systems also used it, used in industry. Uh, they had an AGM statement, and their CEO said uh, the Vicon, that's their core technology, entered the new financial year well over half of revenue expectations underpinned by orders in hand and a strong um, sales pipeline. Board is pleased to report that a solid start has continued with good early training, new financial year. So that looks um, pretty positive for me, training in line with expectations. So there we go. So that is Oxford Metrics. And so a bit of a quiet week on the UK trading front. Lots happening in the US with first quarter results, David. Um, and I think, I suspect you and I will be podcasting again next week, and we'll have a lot more news on those uh, those all-important US results. Absolutely. I mean, look forward to that. The other quick thing I mentioned about Crescent, Crescent House and Storage Fund is they, um, they, they cut the dividend. Oh, sorry, they're not going to pay the dividend. 
So uh, that, you know, was an underpinning, part of an underpinning for the share price, and that helped, you know, really undermine it as well, as, as well as the news. So just wanted yeah. to highlight that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, look forward to our, uh, our next podcast. Many thanks. Excellent, David. Thank you for joining, and I look forward to chatting again this week.